0: What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast coming back here today to talk about Pitt men's basketball. We're going to talk all things about that NC State win. We'll talk about, you know, overall where this team stands, their schedule coming up, where Jeff Capel's job is sitting. We'll talk about it all today. As usual, I'm Nick Fairbomb, your host. I work for Pittsburgh Sports Now, Cold Games, at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. We have a loaded Pitt men's basketball-centric episode of Locked on Pit coming up today. You are Locked on Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As usual, thank you for making the Locked on Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, always appreciate it. Like, subscribe, comment on YouTube, review if you're listening to this. Always appreciate as much support as I get from you guys. Now, folks, today's episode of Lock on Pit is brought to you by Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on. Sent you, and folks. Today we we have a bit of catching up to do in terms of Pitt men's basketball. now don't we? Because yesterday we spent. It was the Aaron Donald episode. We talked all about him and his legacy. Today it is all about Pitt men's basketball. The NC State win. It's a time. I think it's a good time with five games left in the regular season, plus whatever comes in the ACC tournament. So at least six games left for this team. Kind of whatever comes next, I think it's a good referendum point to see where they stand. And so at this point, Pitt, now it's five conference wins. I I couldn't tell you I expected that after seeing them lose to the Citadel earlier in the year. Um, But but I think there are a few really interesting things to to note. Um, Five conference wins, winning them. A few of them, not really in impressive fashion. You know, the Florida State win wasn't impressive. I don't know if the NC State and BC ones were either. I thought Louisville and Syracuse were some of the best basketball they played all year. But, and nonetheless, they've carved out five ACC wins. So, what are you going to do outside of that? Because this is a team that is proving itself to be gritty, and it's not falling apart. And I don't care what you say, that's important for Jeff Cape. The team not falling apart and actually staying together this time. like They actually know what their identity is. They're playing to what Jeff Capel's saying. There's something to that that is just different from what we've seen. Now, the talent level that they have and the overall orchestration and construction of this team back. So, don't expect anything crazy here. But the team is doing something it hasn't done under Jeff Capel here at Pitt. And at the very least that's a step forward in the right direction. Now, you can't tell me you wouldn't rather have seen something where they were putting it all together, they had kind of rebuilt themselves and packaged themselves into a different entity, but they're not. And that's okay. Um, So this is a pit team that at this point is starting to look to, can they win the next one or two of the next five? It's going to be probably their toughest stretch of the conference schedule you know they got teams like unc miami duke of course in there i mean they have four of the five top acc teams um coming up here and you would imagine they're probably not going to win any of these games georgia tech at home feels like a winnable game but I mean, I don't think even going to Notre Dame, I mean, that doesn't feel like one that feels a ton winnable either. It's a tough one, right? So your next two weeks essentially is at UNC, home against against Georgia Tech, home against Miami, home against Duke at Notre Dame. So... It's an interesting schedule, to say the least, but not an easy one. Because you kind of think you're going to lose the Duke one right off the bat. UNC has a lot of different mismatches with Baycott and different guys out there that will give you trouble. Georgia Tech feels winnable. You think maybe, even though Miami's been playing well this year, maybe at home you play well there. Maybe you can knock them off. And again, I know they almost beat Notre Dame but Notre Dame has only gotten better as the year has gone on so you feel like that's also a game that it's going to be tough to win so four or five even 0-5 is very possible but you would like to see this team grid out one or two and it's pretty important as you continue to move through this season that Jeff Capel and this team continue to reign in focus and they need to win a game or two in the ACC tournament as well but let's I think there the bigger discussion at large to be had here is like where does Jeff Capel stand? Because I think there's a lot of different factors to take into account here. And first and foremost, I think you have to take into account how that team, how I said earlier, the team has not actually fallen away from him. In usual February, this team has just turned him out. They've gone away from what has happened hasn't happened this time we've actually won two games in this february i know the acc is really down but they did win two games and they stuck to their identity and they won those two games and it's good enough to do that it's good to be able to win those games and yes it's not something ideally that you want to be celebrating but it's something that you at least have to commemorate in addition i think that you also have to take into account certain variables one do i think that he has a longer leash than stallings did yes because he's heather likes higher and we've talked about that before two though i don't think anything's decided yet i think there's a lot of things that are going to work out if i had to tell you right now i think i'd lean towards he's coming back next year and i think he you know the five conference wins he's found a few quality guys in the portal he has this kind of plan now where he has had to reorchestrate himself into making things happen. And now I think he's kind of on the ropes here looking at it and saying, you know, I kind of know what I want to do. I think he thought it was going to be a lot easier to recruit a pit and things just haven't been as stellar or going as swimmingly as he thought it would be. But let's understand if they completely collapse here and I mean by collapse, I mean actually get run out of the building. If they just lay eggs after egg after egg and they're non competitive and it looks like the team is tuned about, if they go one and out and look terrible in the ACC tournament, these are very real scenarios to where Jeff Capel could still get his job thrown into the air. I don't, again, I think he's, I think it's leaning towards him coming back, but I think this is one where Heather Lake is smartly waiting and seeing. There are certain factors, we'll talk about those factors when we come back from this break, but I think he's leaning, I think it's leaning towards him coming back right now. But first, folks, let me let you know about Bet Online because football season might be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, play performance props, to where the next coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. It's Bet- source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Hey folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And folks, as we're talking about Jeff Capel here and his standing, I think we have to talk about recruiting and how we got here, because there's a lot of different things. And and I think at this point of the season, it's good to think about it. And as I said, I don't think anything's decided. And that's both from what I've heard and what common sense says, because. Yes, they're five and ten. Conference, it's not a good record to have, but it's better than you thought they would have. But you also have to realize they're having a tough stretch coming up here. There's chances for one, for Cable to really lock in his job, two, for him to really embarrass himself and lose his job. So right now, I don't think anything's decided, but I think he's had a few factors go his way in terms of one, I feel like he's had the bad luck this year to justify, hey, I need another year where maybe I don't get the stuff run up on me. You know, with the Horton stuff, with the Sabande injury, with all this stuff happening. Two, I, I think he's kept the team focused and they've improved greatly since the beginning of the year. The team that lost to the Citadel is no longer recognizable. They're bad, but they aren't that bad anymore. But, and I think this thing, you have to put it into perspective that the fact that they're 5 and 10, and you say, Yes, I'm surprised they're there. But also, you also have to put it into context how bad the ACC is. Just look at where Pitt ranks. They're 179 in Ken Palm right now. Pitt is a bad team, a really bad team. And I know they have wins over guys, you know, like Syracuse and Louisville and BC, teams like that, And, and they're not great teams. Those teams are not good either. They're rated below 100. I mean, these are bad teams that Pitt is beating. And that's the thing. Florida State, I mean, the it's a shell of itself. The Florida State that led the conference for a short bit, Florida State team that Pitt played, completely different team. So let's be real here in saying this. Pitt is 100. Percent A bad team. A very bad team. And you also have to talk about well, how did they get here? Well, one part of it is how about the terrible personality management? The fact that the, that Jeff Capel has lost his teams and the fact that he hasn't been able to manage his, his personalities and everything that's going. Two, the recruiting troubles at times. The fact that he couldn't get a consistent big. Uh, and, but I think it, it all comes to the recruiting and then the meshing of talent together. Like, where was the vision? He got some talent. He certainly did. Hughley's a real ACC player. Champ Penny's in the in the NBA. Uh, M- I think that you look at Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony, what they've done elsewhere, it's been impressive. I, I think he's gotten players like Jamaris Burton and Mogee that are legit. Fabio DiCali certainly has a lot of potential to grow, and he's growing. Uh, it, it, he has guys. and I, it, You know, he has his misses. I know the drum goals, the, you know, you, if some, some of you will throw Jefferson there, a Muddison, like guys like that where you can put that on him. And I understand that. But also, his recruiting trouble now without his ability to sell that new spring, that, that youthful hope where he's in his first, second year and saying he can do it, it is troubling. And more importantly, I also think the fact that he couldn't manage personalities and relationships when he had his team assembled last year, when it looked like that team was going to go to maybe the tournament or the NIT or go to greener pastures was huge. It was huge for him. And he's shown that to be a weakness of his. He can't handle people and personality sometimes. Also the coaching actually hasn't been great. You know, the on court coaching hasn't necessarily maximized these players skill sets. Now I thought this year he's done a lot better things than he had done previously. I thought this NC State game was a great example of some of the best coaching we've seen out of him here at Pitt. For example, switching to the zone late. Real smart for Jeff Cate. Drawing up sets to where you can get your guys cutting in and you can get mismatches with guys like Burton and understanding that Horton is not this one-dimensional player and letting him do what he needs to do, throwing his curveball after throwing his fastball. He put his guys in positions to succeed, actually. And then of course the late game coaching, you felt like that was really good. You're up three, foul, force them to make foul shots. Be smart with the basketball. The only real issue you can have, I feel like that was definitely a big issue, was you know Hughley on his turnover call a timeout. He was trapped, and Jeff Capel even said as much. But that was a good coaching game for Jeff Capel. You actually liked what you saw out of that, and so Capel was really manifesting that into some good energy that he needed. It was big for Jeff Capel. There's no doubt about it. They needed that. But also understand that Jeff Capel has a lot of things going against him. And a lot of things that says this will not work out. The team is still bad, still very bad. And although next year, yes, there is a path to be, them being good, it's, it's not a big path. It's not one that you would consider likely. It can happen. But there's got a lot that has to go right for it to happen. And that's really the underlying thing here. But also, he's Heather likes higher. He's shown the ability to get much more out of his some parts than you would think this year. And two, the team has improved. It hasn't hasn't fallen off the cliff. We thought maybe we were getting to that point at some point. It hasn't gotten there yet. And so there are things working in his area to where if he can keep it going, and maybe he'll get another year. Because I think it's trending towards that way. And again, I think everything's up in the air right now. And and, and I don't, you know, I, I personally, where I'm coming from here, in terms of, I'm just saying that I think he'll be back. Not that he should be back. If it were up to me, I'd probably move on. But there is a real argument, and the people in the athletic department are probably using this right now, if you're in favor of keeping him. He hasn't lost the team. The team has improved. He found two real quality transfer players in Burton and Gee, so why can't he do it again? This is the logic they'll use. You have some really good players already in Hughley, Odukali, Horton, and Sabande coming back, or you would hope to come back. The retention rate needs to be high. And so that's kind of what you look. And then obviously on the other side you have the player management issues, the late season collapses, the recruiting issues as of late, the on the on-court coaching ability, the lack of support staff um, that he's actually built himself with, like the the actual assistant coaching has not been strong either. Like there are a lot of things to dock him on. And so there's arguments to both sides. I tend to lean towards the fact that I would let him go because, again, I, I just think it's a very narrow path for this thing working out. And, again, I can see the path where people who want him to come back for Next year, one and two, and maybe, and you know, if we actually knew the buyout figure, I think we could make a much more accurate assessment of this, but also understand that I think it's a narrow path. But more importantly, because it's Heather's hire, I think it's likely they're going to let him wait on that path and they're going to go with him, perhaps, as long as he continues to show that this team is fighting with him, the team hasn't tuned him out, that he has not lost his team, and the team continues to fight with him i think he'll be back but let's talk about nc state game let's talk about what we saw the good game from john hughley and good growth we saw overall from the team but folks with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain all parts store to stock all the parts you will need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind you behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry Because folks you have computers with access to rockauto.com right at home and in your pocket. Folks, all you have to do is save time and money when using Rock Auto, and why choose to spend 30 or fifty or 50% or 100% more from the same parts for a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Folks, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers as we continue to talk here about pit men's basketball. Talking right now, about how Pitt did against NC state. And I just want to break down the specifics after we talked about kind of the big view, a, a season referendum to this point with five games left in the regular season. I want to talk about that NC state game. We talked a little bit about the last second sequence. I thought it was really good coaching by Jeff Capel. Uh, I loved the free throw shooting in this game that this team showed. I mean, they were money in this game, Hughley Burton Horton with the few late ones. Uh, they, they were just great from the free throw line when they needed to be. And so That was definitely something when you looked at and you really liked. This team absolutely got to the line a lot. And even when things weren't necessarily going from the half-court perspective, they were able to generate offense from the free-throw line. And that was really big for this team. If you looked at what they actually needed to do in that game, that was a big part of their success. And and certainly there were issues that this team – and I mean, really big issues that this team had. Some of uh, the late breakdowns on defense, I thought from Ithiel Horton, were a big issue. Um, Sebron going off and just letting him drive, not adjusting to his size and length. Uh, I thought they left a few guys open for three um, that they got away with, you know. But I, I felt like that that first half as well offensively was so disjointed, and they've been so disjointed starting off game. <laughs> You know, over the past few games, you just wonder what's going on there. And then coming out in the second half with such fire, uh, you, you got to wonder what it takes to get some of that, that magic transferred over uh, throughout a whole game. Where's the consistency from half to half? Um, but th- from an individual standpoint, really good bounce back game for John Hughley. 21 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. I thought the six assists were really big, career high for him. Um, learning, He's learning how to get out of those double teams. And that's been big for John Hughley has been the turnovers have been racking up for him and going up. And you can notably see the guy start to get more and more frustrated as things kind of just pile up, up and up. And it's noticeable because guys are just mugging the dude. But in this game, you felt him kind of understand the pressure better. You felt him understand where his guys were going to be better. You felt him understand that, Hey, I have a guy across court here. I know where, My gravity is coming from, and I know there's going to be a guy here, here, and here. It felt like Pitt coordinated as a team better. It felt like Pitt's ball movement was actually really coordinated. They had some real quick passes uh, off their, you know, Hughley would kick it out, and then they would pass it around two, three times, take a real open three and drain it, or, or cut to the baseline, get a nice dunk. It felt like their scoring was more versatile. It came from the wings. It came from the corners. It came on the baseline, from the elbow, from the mid-range game. It felt from the paint, of course. It felt like they did it from different areas of the court. I can't say they had get done that much before. So I felt like that was a good sign. And part of that was John Hughley's passing. I thought he had a really good passing game, handled the pressure from the double team really well, and really understood what was going on there. So I really thought that was a really solid game for John Hughley from that perspective. Also, though, and and it's something that that I really do kind of take over um here is is Ithiel Horton really hitting his stride um this guy continuing to grow into a role where he starts to get comfortable he might not even be highly conditioned yet to you know 37 minutes of basketball but he's starting to really go and go and he he really did a nice job of even not having his three point shooting in this game you know the three point shot for him wasn't readily available, he was able to beat them in a lot of different ways, cutting in, um, had some nice floaters, had some nice shots from the baseline. Uh, He had a dynamic game in terms of passing. I thought his passing uh, off that second, third feed was really well done. And and I thought it was really big for him. Um, Because you just look at guys like that, and it's honestly, it's not something – that is all that common for off guards like that. And this is one of his better passing games as well. But Ithiel Horton finding different ways to score different ways to get on the stat sheet, a real quiet 17, but he got 17 Burton as well clutch in the second half, didn't have a good first half, but this is a guy that really came on when they needed him to made a few big mid range shots, a big three down the stretch. He made the big shots when they needed to was great from the free throw line. Uh, got to the line he's just so physical so big so strong he allows you to do that um i think will Jefferson is an interesting study at this point you know you can see he's not super cool with the ball in his hands still but i think he's with those with more like 10 minutes a game instead of 30 minutes a game i think it's allowing him to settle in a little bit more defensively um focus on the rebounding he's gotten some really quality rebounds he's done a really Good job of perimeter defense um, in the last few games. Uh, as a wing guy, there he's you know he's not been an offensive threat necessarily, and you wish he was more of an offensive threat. Um, but he is giving you good minutes there. Mogi, he was in foul trouble a lot, but you could see how important he was when he was on versus when he was off. It was like night and day. Uh, he just does so much for this team defensively down low, stretch stretching the floor, also just injecting some really big energy and some of those wow moments that he brings. He had two real wow sequences in this game. But really, this game, the reason they won this game, I felt on the offensive, and they had good ball movement, they really shot the free throws well, and they kind of understood how to attack this NC State defense. You know, I thought their pitch defense at times was a little lackadaisical I also thought, though, that they had some really good moments. I thought that Ifeo Horton was not an outright defensive liability. I thought he had a real good defensive game to, in this one. And, again, you know, they attacked him with Zebron late in the match. And, and, yeah, that was noticeable. But I thought, you know, Ithiel Horton was a guy that definitely played better than he has this season on defense. And I thought that was really big for him. Um, I thought Femi Odakali gave them some quality um, shots and, and some big ones. I, again, didn't have a – Great game on the stat sheet, but I thought he had some big shots, big rebounds, a few nice defensive plays. Uh, I know there was that that nine-numbing sequence as well, of course, where the ball was stolen from him, and him and Ugly were high-fiving, and that was obviously dumb, and that's stuff that you got to clean up. And, and, again, it wasn't like Pitt played a great basketball game, but there are some positives to take from it. Just wanted to highlight those. Again, not a good basketball team, but there are still things to highlight with these young guys. If this is your you're going into next year, you're with you hope that these guys can grow and grow all right folks thanks for listening to this episode of the lockdown pit podcast tomorrow we'll preview unc we'll talk a little bit more about all this pit men's basketball minutia see what they can do can they actually play up against one of the better teams of the acc and maybe give them a run we'll talk about that tomorrow thanks for listening as always folks and as always as we end it hail to pit